You're listening to Working Together for Working Families, sponsored by the Pascal Sykes Foundation. Hello, I'm Jackie Edwards. Welcome to the Working Together for Working Families podcast, where we come together to highlight individuals and organizations working to help whole families reach their goals. And I'm Rochelle Todd Yamoa. Today, we are happy to welcome Katie Lord. Katie is a graduate of Monmouth University with her bachelor's and master's degree in social work. She has been working with the homeless and special needs population for the past 14 years. She is the associate director with HABCOR, an organization started in 2009 to initially provide permanent supportive housing to individuals. Today, HABCOR houses approximately 375 individuals and families throughout Monmouth and Ocean Counties in New Jersey. Welcome, Katie. Thank you for having me. So Katie, can you start off by telling us about HABCOR and your role there? HABCOR is a nonprofit organization that provides permanent, supportive, and affordable housing to the homeless and special needs population in Monmouth and Ocean County. We started out in 1988 through lunch break. They have a soup kitchen and they identified that a lot of people were coming in, were living in inadequate housing and they were homeless. Sadly, three of their clients had passed away on the streets in Red Bank in the wintertime. And the HAB and HABCOR represents the initials of those three individuals. Lunch break got together and said, this is a bigger problem and let's do something about it. So we started out with a four room boarding home in Red Bank that has now expanded to 21 beds. And we continue to grow today. Now, my role as the associate director is I make sure that everyone is housed. If you want me to simplify in terms of what we do, we want to make sure that we are providing safe and adequate housing for everybody in our program, which takes a lot of work, not only just with myself, but everyone involved in the agency. Can you describe your clientele that you serve? Who are they and why are they seeking your services? And talk a little bit about the eligibility process as well. Sure. A majority of our clientele are chronically homeless. HUD defines that definition in two major parts. One is it represents the length of homelessness. So individuals or families need to be homeless for, for 12 months, coupled with a disabling condition. So this program is designed to help those that need the services the most, the ones that have accessed the emergency housing system, uh, the shelters. The goal is to get them out of those emergency placements and get them stably housed. So Katie, your organization provides a number of different services. Can you speak to the services that you're providing through your, with your funding through the Pascal Sykes Foundation? I know you provide a lot of other services. So can you speak to that, those sure. services? And then if you want to share information about the others, you can do so. You know, the housing part is a very exciting piece of what we do. The other big piece is the supportive and stabilization services that we provide. Part of our model focuses on the whole family approach to say, okay, now that the crisis of homelessness is no longer around, what are the next steps? What are your long-term goals and what does that look like? I tell everybody that you give somebody who needs housing a home, that crisis does not go away. Our supportive services are a very important piece to this process. It keeps families and individuals engaged and also keeps them housed. Our role is to provide a hand up, not a handout. 
So once individuals are housed, the crisis doesn't immediately end. It is a transition period for anybody, anytime anyone moves anywhere, to feel acclimated and to feel settled. And that timeline for a transition looks different for everybody. So the services that we provide are in place while they're in our program. Okay. So services are provided. We've had people with us for 34 years. We've had families for 15 years. So that long-term service is really a key to keep families housed. Part of the services goes back to the whole family approach. That's just a necessary component. You know, we need strong families, make strong communities. So with the whole family approach, we focus on parenting. We focus on communication. We focus on reestablishing family dynamics and boundaries once families are in the home. Families that are in a state of crisis really are just trying to struggle and manage and survive day to day. Once they are housed, then we again bring in that whole family approach to say, again, what are your long-term plans? Do you want to go back to school? Let's look at school options for the children. Let's look at school performance and let's measure how school performance is coupled with permanent housing. We've had the ability with our services and seeing families grow, we've seen families reunify because now the parents are able to maintain permanent housing. We've seen children move back in. We've seen children graduate from high school. We have our first kid who started out in our program in elementary school is now going to college. She's starting Scranton University in September. You really get to see the benefits of permanent housing and what that does to not only for parents, but for children. So you're working with the entire family then. That's Mm -hmm. great. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need to think about, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. Look at who all of our supports are. We would not be where we are at without support from our family, from the community and from formal and informal supports. It's just necessary for us as human beings. So providing that service and looking at that approach, it really allows uh, our families the best opportunity to increase their self-sufficiency. You've addressed a lot so far, which is really great. I wanted to just circle back to when you were talking about families or individuals when they're in crisis, and that might be when they come to HabCorp. Can you just talk a little bit more about that long-term partnership that you have with some of your clients? So what we try to do is is use this as an opportunity to teach and provide skills. We're working with families and individuals that have a variety of special needs that ranges from chronic health conditions to mental health, to substance abuse, to developmental disabilities. I always tell everyone, you need to meet the family where they're at. Services are client-driven, and we need to be able to support and facilitate what their goals are on a longer-term scale. So you're looking at long-term support to the individuals. We're always involved. You know, crisis sometimes comes in waves. You know, you may have somebody who, again, the immediate crisis of being homeless is eliminated, but now they're dealing with a crisis of figuring out how to manage their expenses. That is stressful enough to say, now I have much more responsibility. How am I able to manage and keep this roof over my head? So everyone perceives crisis on uh, differently. It could be somebody doesn't like their neighbor or they don't feel safe. How do we address that? We look at families who say, I don't know how to manage my household. How often do I go grocery shopping? 
How often do I check my mailbox? Do I lock my doors at night? Do I shut the lights off? We're using this opportunity as there's always teachable moments, but we are available at any time with a phone call. We provide in-home services where we do go out and see the families regularly. We do inspections as well to make sure they're able to maintain the unit and provide any accommodations if that's needed. But we are just one phone call away at any time. So Katie, how do people find out about HABCOR? How do they even know it's there for their use? Maybe we should talk about the process if you're homeless and how to kind of get through that. So the first thing that anyone needs to do if they are homeless, they need to call their county's board of social services. That is the first access point for anybody who is looking for housing. They will reach out to them and they will discuss what their needs are. I encourage all of them to be honest in this process, to talk about what their needs are, because housing is not a one-size-fits-all model. HABCOR may not be suitable for somebody where it may be suitable for somebody else. The first thing they, again, they need to do is they need to call social services. Then they get transferred over to a housing navigator agency, which is in every county in the state of New Jersey. HUD has established this process where it's very difficult for homeless individuals to be able to manage where they applied, who they applied with, what program waiting list that they're on. So this housing navigator agency maintains a waiting list for all homeless people in the county, and they make sure that they are working with the housing providers like HABCOR or your other mental health providers to make sure that they are housed. So in the event that HABCOR has an opening, I call that housing navigator agency and they will refer to me the highest priority on their list. We receive HUD funding, so our referrals have to come directly from that housing navigator agency. So staying with that in terms of connecting the families to the uh, housing resources, due to the pandemic, there's a serious housing shortage right now. It's really limited housing options out there. I know that there's a lot of housing vouchers to support families, but what are you finding are the, the primary challenges that you think that people are facing trying to access housing? It's the reluctance from landlords. They are as important part of this process as our families and as of the agencies that have these housing vouchers. You're right, Jackie, there's no shortage of housing vouchers at the moment. The biggest challenge is actually finding somewhere to live. Landlords are reluctant. There's this negative connotation about affordable housing, about the low income population. Part of my role and a large part of my role is the advocacy and education to talk about why this is important and how we can strengthen the relationships. HUD has done a really good job with not only supporting the tenant financially and through specialized services, but also to help the landlords. We work for the landlord just as much as we work for that tenant. But the reluctance of just that initial call, hi, I'm from HABCOR, I'm calling on behalf of a family who has a subsidy. A lot of times it's an automatic no. There's no opportunity to have those discussions. I wish there were more opportunities. I know that HABCOR has other programs. And so in some of your other programs, HABCOR is actually the lease person on the lease. Correct. Are you finding even with that part of your services, you're still struggling to find housing and land getting landlords to agree? Yes. Our vouchers pay for rent in full. We pay security deposit. We provide supportive services. We're in the home. We're doing the inspections. 
we're making sure the tenants or the occupants are doing what they need to do um, to maintain their units. So to me, it's a no-brainer. We also provide financial support if there's tenant-caused damage. So we really boast all of these benefits to the program. And you're also available to the landlord to intervene on any crisis that occur? At any time. A big part of my position is, is working with those landlords, kind of facilitating some of those issues that may come up if they are already a tenant, or just, again, educating them on what we do and what we offer. I do provide a lot of handout that outline what we do because it is a lot of information, but, you know, landlords are getting paid. They're receiving one check every month. They're getting security deposit. They're making sure we're making sure that they're doing what they need to do. Right. So what, if anything, can be done to help ease this situation for those who are struggling with obtaining adequate housing? I know we were talking about the lack of housing stock, the hesitancy from the landlords. From your perspective, is there anything that you think we can do to help the the individuals that are struggling? You know, the need to continue and grow relationships with those landlords. That is, at this point, our largest barrier. We need to get out there and educate and tell them what we do and why this is necessary. You know, housing is a basic need. When all of those concerns that the landlord may have are answered, you would think that it would be easier, but it's not. I know that HABCOR is really well recognized in the community and you're kind of the go-to agency, but are there other partners that you work with that you're doing this work with? Because I know, like you said, it takes a village and so you can't do it alone, but can you speak to some of the other, you know, agencies that you might be working with to help support these families that you're working with? Sure. We connect with Lunch Break. Their life skills program has been invaluable to some of our clients who need more hands-on detailed services. We work with social services quite frequently to make sure that they can maximize their benefits, they can get furniture. We also work with a lot of mental health providers, the the Mental Health Association, Ocean Mental Health, uh, you name it. Again, looking at that whole family approach, this is where all these partner agencies and these resources come in. We have to work together. That only makes us stronger individually and collectively. I was just wondering, I just one other question though. Who funds HABCOR? Good question. Uh, some of it is funded through HUD. We have fundraisers, we have foundation grants, houses of worship and corporate and individual donors. So uh, as a community housing program, you really have a really steep hill to climb with so many issues uh, working with individuals who are many times in the toughest challenge of their life dealing with homelessness. And then on the other hand, you have some of the landlords that you're trying to, in some ways, incentivize or educate on why this is a need and why this is important. So in your role in working with HABCOR, what would you consider your greatest need right now? What, what are you in greatest need of right now? The answer is always going to be funding. The more money we have, the more that we can do and the more we, we get to solving homelessness. So that's always, always uh, what we're looking to do. As an agency, uh, we also could use some support with technical assistance um, and some board participation that are familiar in some specialized industries like ITs, contractors, social workers, mental health providers, 
people who've had experience with the population or with housing in general, that expertise is always invaluable. Thank you for sharing about HABCOR's needs. How about the families you serve? How frequently do you get calls for assistance? I get calls every day. I'm homeless. I'm getting kicked out of my mom's house. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Anyone can call me at any time. It's a very confusing process. And for someone who's homeless, doesn't have access to a reliable phone or internet access, it's very challenging. Permanent housing provides an opportunity for people to reinvent themselves. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of single moms who have cycled in and out of homelessness, and now they've graduated from school. We have one that's an LPC, and we have one that has her medical assistant degree. Mm-hmm. And they're working full-time jobs, and they never thought they would be in this position without HABCOR. So housing is the start of, of mm-hmm. everything. It's critical. Yeah. You don't have somewhere to lay your head and to shower and to eat. You really aren't able to, to function at your best potential. Right. right. I know one of the things that we say is once housing is in place, everything else falls in place. It's like you're stable. You get your housing, you know where your kids are going to be going to school, you know where you can send mail to, you have a place to connect and that stabilizes and then you can focus on the rest of the things in your life. Focus. So many people just take that for granted, you know, yes. like their roof over their head or I mean, many people do. It is true. If you don't have that, you can't think about anything else. Right. Especially if you have children, you know, the the safety for your children and your family, it really can be tough. I don't know if you've heard the term that housing is healthcare. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a very common approach that's coming out more and more Mm -hmm. where we're going to see the effects of housing and how that affects healthcare. It keeps people out of the ER and they're able to main doctor's appointments and take their medication. That's why you see, you know, some health providers and housing providers partnering together because it is, it's critical. You get discharged from a hospital to what, back to homelessness? It's only gonna affect your health even more. Especially your mental health too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a basic need. We all need to live somewhere and it's a challenging process, but at least we are trying to be part of the solution Mm -hmm. and we're in business to put ourselves out of business. So I'm hoping that there's an, you know, there's an end result in that and, you know, housing is, um, you know, is cured, but it's Mm -hmm. sometimes it's challenging. You couple it with the, the pandemic and the inflation. It's, it's tough. I have landlords that they're like, yeah, you'll sign the lease. And then they have someone coming in with cash paying rent for an entire year. Yeah. How can you compete with that? Can't compete. And then you have some good landlords and then you have some not so great landlords that are pulling all kinds of really stunts with people and promising or going really, really high or. Yeah. The discrimination alone in itself is, is the hardest part of my job. It really is. Then you add the inflation and we're getting priced out or landlords don't want to continue to renew a lease because Mm -hmm. somebody's coming in and saying they'll pay more. Right. It's not impossible. It's really not, but it's tougher than it has ever been. But we'll we'll get through this and we'll make sure that, you know, everyone has a roof over their head. And if people want to learn more about HAPCOR, how would they find you? Is it um, your website or what's the best way to find They you? can go to our website. It's habcor.org. That will provide all of the information of everything that we do. My contact information is on there. Uh, the executive director, Steve Heisman, and we can be reached at any time. Phone call, email. Great. Thank you, Katie. Nice Thank job. you, Katie. Yeah, great. All right. Thank great you for having me.
Well, that's all that we have for today. Thank you, Katie and Jackie, for such an engaging conversation. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in for this important conversation. Stay tuned for our next episode. Working Together for Working Families, sponsored by the Pascal Sykes Foundation, is published monthly. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about the whole family approach, visit our website, wholefamilyapproach.org.